Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Roto Grinders MLB Morning Grind. I am Justin Carlucci, aka the Luch, and I'm filling in for Stevie, who is out for a couple of days. And I'm joined by TJ Zvorich. What's going on, TJ? Long time no talk. How the hell are you? Doing very well. I got a big day in my other line of work tomorrow for the agents of fandom. We got new episode of Ms. Marvel tomorrow, season finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is hitting Disney Plus, and we got some baseball to talk about. I'm I'm eating good right now. Life uh, life's treating me well. How about you? Hey, I can't complain. Busy as always, but it's a good thing. Roto Grinder stuff going on. Always new stuff kicking off at Scores and Odds, and firing in some premium picks over there, and working on some free content. Uh, we have some new podcasts over there at Sao, so definitely check it out and follow us on Twitter. Hey, we even got Grant Niefer throwing out Turd Bombs, a new video segment he's doing on the MLBHR account, which is very popular for good reason, by the way. That is such an OG baller account we have. I mean, I've been following it for years, even before I was a part of Roto Grinders, right? Like, you just yeah, know what the yeah, MLBHR the was. Account, yeah. I can't. How dare Grant steal Turd Bombs from my Spidey Bomb? That is that is locked in. I got I to gotta call up my trademark lawyer and... This guy has the audacity to keep ducking me. I've never, he's him, him and Noto are the two guys that I've never had a show with before. And uh, he keeps ducking me and now he's stealing my thing. I don't know. I'm going to have to have words. It seems like a bit of a conspiracy to me, if you ask me. So I'm going to stay I will take him in any competition other than chugging (laughs) or eating spicy foods. I think he's definitely got the chugging one. Probably, probably down. Um, Spicy foods that doesn't cooperate with you, TJ? I don't even know if he is a spicy food guy. He just kind of seems like the guy that could, he could get anything in his stomach and I'm not trying to have a food fight with him. (laughs) Hey, totally understand. Uh, We are recording late here, wrapping up another crazy Tuesday of baseball. A low-owned Dylan Cease was shoving on Tuesday night, uh, TJ. And, um... You know, a couple, couple of late popular stacks with the Angels uh, are still kind of underway. So you're giving me a fist pump as we're on the air here. So I need to know what's happening. Matt Olson just hit a homer, one of my uh, highest, I think my highest owned uh, player of the day. So that uh, that helps the teams that I was uh, talking about, hoping to hang on to that min cash line. So Matt Olson hit a homer. That was good. That was one of the guys I wrote up in the Agents of Fantasy article today. And Matt Olson was a turd bomb as well. Maybe you may, I don't know. You got to have some eyes in the back of your head here, Zwarich. I feel like we're having He's some uh, crossover me. bomb calls here <laughs> between you and, and shout out to you. We shout out to you because no one in our entire Roto Grinders community pronounces my last name quite as well as you do. Wow. And I don't know if you've ever done a Grinders Live with me, but I'm like the 1B. I'm like the prince of butchering names probably outside of Roth and and maybe Chop. Stevie's um, the worst. Stevie's for sure the worst. I, I also do a ton of shows. So I feel like the more I feel like it should be scaled based upon how many names have actually come out of our mouth. So I, I feel like I'm okay, but as so I'm I'm number one on this Warwick leaderboard. I, I feel pretty good about that one. By the way, I gotta be careful though. Freaking I'm, I'm runs in up. that Giants Atlanta yeah. game. I know it's going crazy, but I better be careful here. I went at Grant and now I just went at Stevie. I'm never going to be invited on the on the morning grind podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I better shut you up and we should move on to uh, Wednesday's sleep before I get you in trouble. So uh, let's talk. <laughs> let's, let's talk some baseball. There are some scattered games throughout the afternoon on Wednesday, as there typically are. But as you alluded to, right when we hopped down, we still have a pretty, pretty spicy, you know, main slate here. We have nine games. Both major sites, FanDuel and DraftKings, have cooperated, and we have the same lock time. So uh, I know you have FanDuel pulled up in front of you. Uh, run me down some pitchers here, and what catches your attention on FanDuel? Yeah, so first off, it's a very different pitching slate to me on the two sites. DraftKings has a lot more cheap options, while FanDuel, some of the guys that I like on the on DraftKings, they are priced up on FanDuel, and so the discount for them is just not enough to get me excited over uh, over the guys we have up top. Having said that, the guys up top also have some tough, tough matchups. Carlos Radon is probably your top option, but, you know, he's been out. He was struggling. Then he's looked elite the last two games again. 
Um, Atlanta if, is, is more of a team I'd rather target with a right-handed pitcher than a left-handed pitcher, but he's still the top guy on the board. And he's the one I'd be looking to for optimals and cash games, I think, uh, on this slate on FanDuel. For tournaments, there's some other guys that stick out to me, though, a little bit that I'm excited to talk about along the way. One in particular that uh, has a uh, FanDuel price tag in the mid-tier that I like quite a bit more than DraftKings. And then one guy uh, at the bottom tier here that I'm quite a quite a bit ex- quite excited to play in a bit of a risk-reward game. Yeah, there's a ton of value on DraftKings, it seems, just at first glance here. Uh, Carlos Rodon is the highest priced pitcher on both sites and fantastic matchup with Atlanta. I mean, we've been picking on Atlanta all season for good reason. And there are games where they put up 10 runs or whatever, but you have to chase the ceiling and those strikeout rates. Uh, As you said in your article today, strikeouts are king. And sometimes you have to, you know, uh, good offenses do strike out a lot too. So, uh, you know, something's got to give there in that San Francisco Atlanta game. We'll have to see what the weather is. There's been some great hitting weather across the, northeast lately across the country um but you know his upside is through the roof as usual here um blue jays are taking it to the white Sox bullpen tonight and it looks like my guys might sneak out uh sneak out a win after uh cease shut them out early in the game yeah no win for the dylan the low-owned dylan cease uh you know shares that you may have and uh, that stinks because he was absolutely shoving but um, hey, cool late rally for, for Toronto there. Uh, I have a question for you. Speaking of Atlanta and San Fran, Charlie Morton will probably be next to not owned whatsoever, but uh, is Charlie Morton back? We finally saw a couple starts strung together. Um, you know, it, it was a rough stretch to begin the season for sure. Uh, but, I mean, things are kind of trending in the right direction for Charlie Morton. I mean, br- kind of a brutal matchup against San Fran who doesn't K a lot here. But I mean, if you're looking at a guy who probably will carry no ownership on this main slate, it's probably Charlie Morton. Yeah. I, I can't get to him against San Fran. I just respect that offense a little bit too much. And we got so many other guys I'm interested in getting to today. Like this low tier on DraftKings, I just find so, so interesting and then on FanDuel, I think I'm going to be keeping a pretty, pretty tight pool. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it's good to take those those stands where you can. Um, you know, Scooble is really taking a leap. He draws a tough matchup with Boston. He's 9,200. Sonny Gray against the low strikeout Cleveland Guardians team. You know, Tristan McKenzie on this slate. What kind of upside does he have? Of course, Otani is always going to be the total wild card on any slate, and he's like, 8,500 on DK, right smack in the middle there. Uh, and you have Shane Baz right under him. We talked a little bit about Baz. Um, great young pitcher, you know, made his debut about, what, 10 days ago now. Uh, looked pretty rough. Then he looked fantastic a couple days ago. Um, had a good matchup. But these are two interesting tournament options. Do you have any thoughts on Otani or Shane Baz right in the middle there in DK? So I actually think Otani is your number one cash game option on DraftKings today. I think he's just the top pitcher on the board overall. On FanDuel, you only got a $500 difference between Otani and Radon, whereas on DraftKings, you got, uh, what, a $1,700 difference. So Otani is my number one pitcher today on DraftKings. Baz, I have no interest in playing at that 8K price tag on DK, but I got a lot of interest in playing him at 7,200 on FanDuel. He's quite a bit cheaper there. Like we said, the matchup's tough, but he's got upside and there's not a lot of value pitching today on FanDuel. To me, you're picking between, if you want to go cheap, you're looking at Baz, Wainwright, Daniel Lynch. Those are your only guys under 8K I'd, I'd even consider. So um, it's an interesting, interesting spot for me. Um, I, 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 like I said, I think the sites are very different. I love Otani on DK, not so much on FanDuel. Baz, love him on FanDuel, not so much on DK. Yeah, I like the call for FanDuel. And you need a guy with a 50-point ceiling, even when he's like 7K on FanDuel. Just on a slate like this where you have Rodon, you have Otani, um, you know someone else is most likely going to have a ceiling game. Um, Baz, you know, if you're not familiar, just another pitcher that Tampa Bay is organically just churning out of their system, um, was, a, was had 
successful career, a little career in the minors. You know, he's very young still. Really small sample size since the beginning of last year before he got hurt. Coming off major elbow surgery, by the way, by the way guys. Um, but he did have two. He does have two starts under his belt now. Tiny, tiny, tiny sample size dating back to the beginning of 2021. But he's showing us a 30% K rate, TJ. So um, tough matchup with the Yankees. But, you know, if you give me Joey Gallo and, you know, as amazing as Judge is and Stanton is, you know, they carry, you know, 25% plus K rates kind of thing. So, uh, you know, if you hit the right high price bats, you know, and Baz gives you what, you know, 45 or something like that. Listen, uh, it's baseball. Nobody's invincible. The Yankees are having a fantastic season. Uh, but Shane Baz is a good young pitcher for sure. Yeah, the three pitchers I'm really going to be focusing on on FanDuel is Carlos Rodon up top, Shane Baz all the way at the bottom, and then in the mid-tier, it's Tristan McKenzie. He's the same price on FanDuel and DraftKings, 8600 and or he's even more expensive. He might be even a little bit, 87 on DraftKings, so he's more expensive there. And anytime a pitcher is more expensive on DraftKings than they are on FanDuel, I take notice, especially when it's a guy like McKenzie that his thing is strikeouts. He might give up a few bombs. He might walk a few guys, but he also has a really high strikeout rate. Minnesota's a scary team, but they also have some high K guys in their lineup. So he's somebody on FanDuel that I really like for tournaments. If I'm playing three lineups, those are going to be my three pitchers. You know, Rodon's going to carry ownership. He's the highest priced pitcher by default. He's at the top of the list. He has a fantastic strikeout matchup. He's such a strange guy that I can't figure out in terms of velocity. Last season, you know, I was talking about it uh, with the chief Will Priester on some stuff we did where, you know, he just had went through this lull where it, it, I almost thought he had like dead arm or something. Right. And um, he had a couple starts where he really wasn't striking out a lot of guys about a month, month and a half ago. And then he has this game against the Dodgers where they really worked his pitch count, but he struck out a lot of guys. So uh, I went on the next day, went on the fan graphs. Oh, he hit a season high in fastball velocity, 97.6 on the gun. Uh, maybe he dogged a little bit against Pittsburgh, but his last start, like he's throwing legitimately three miles per hour slower uh, across the board, all of his pitches than he was against uh, the Dodgers. So I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, maybe he was dogging it a bit against Pittsburgh, you know, uh, just getting by and hitting your spots. I don't know. Uh, but when you're as heavily invested as I am in like strikeout props and things like that, especially in scores and odds, I mean, I'm, I'm taking notes on velocity, what they're eating for lunch, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Um, so I love the matchup and I just got to give Rodon the benefit of the doubt that, you know, he, he should offer you an extremely high floor, but uh, I love your bad take for FanDuel. I think Otani, you know, the guy with massive K rates, despite whatever the matchup is, he's also a guy who go, who go out there and walk every batter in the first inning. And, and you just don't know, but uh, I love, I love the upside here. I know we're spending a lot of time on pitching folks, but there are some really interesting SP two options on DraftKings, And I think we need to continue this conversation. Um, you mentioned uh, a couple of guys, but talk to me about this, like sub, the sub 8K, sub Shane Baz range. You have Adam Wainwright, like good old faithful. Jordan Montgomery, 7,400 now against Tampa Bay. Keegan Thompson against this hot Pittsburgh team. Can you trust Keegan Thompson again? Paul Blackburn is probably going to be an all-star, and he's 7K against Seattle. Michael Walker, great matchup against Detroit. George Kirby, 6,600, fantastic matchup against Oakland. Uh, like, I'll start anybody against the Angels, and Daniel Lynch is there at 6K flat. And, uh, well, anybody except Patrick Corbin, who's ironically 5,600 um, going against Baltimore. So I will just X out my guy Patrick Corbin and move on. But what I'm getting at here is there's a ton of value on DraftKings, TJ. What are your thoughts here in this range? So in optimals today, I think you're going Radone and Otani. If I'm MMEing, I think the stand I think I'd be taking is I'd want one of Radone, Otani in all of my lineups. Some of them with both. I'm good with that. But then the other three guys I'm really focusing in on on DraftKings are Paul Blackburn, Michael Waka, George Kirby. Waka and Kirby specifically due to they're super cheap. You can, they can get you 15 points and they have really great matchups. For Blackburn, he's got a tougher matchups, but matchup. But like you said, he might be an all-star this year. He's had a huge uptick in velocity. And it's he's one of those pitchers that you can track why he's doing better. It's not just that he's babbit his way into success like he has he's had a huge velocity uptick he's getting more strikeouts and he's playing in Oakland I don't like playing Oakland pitchers when they're on the road I love playing Oakland pitchers when they are in Oakland so 
Kirby, Waka, and Blackburn are three guys that I'm going to be focusing in on a lot. And it'll depend on ownership, how much I'd want to get of them. But ownership aside, I think Kirby is uh, my favorite one of the three by quite a bit. He's probably the most exciting pitcher in real life out of, out of that group. But um, my guess is, man, who, who do you think will carry the most ownership in this sub 8K range? Uh, is is it Blackburn? Could he save? Or is it Kirby with the matchup and, and, the, and the upside here? I mean, I think Kirby will pick up the most, but to be honest with you, I'd be very surprised if we have to worry about ownership on any pitcher on DraftKings outside of Otani and Rodon. Very true. And there's definitely, I think couple- it's like, despite it being a nine game slate, I could see it being one of those days that like both of them are 40 to 50% owned. And then the rest is spread out five to 15% through all of those guys that you mentioned earlier. Cause some people are going to want to play Wainwright. Some people are going to want to play Montgomery. I'm not those, some people I'd rather go to the Waka Kirby's and uh, Blackburn's, but other people will, they're going to be projecting very similarly. So I don't think we're going to have to be uh, worried about ownership outside of uh um Radon and uh as well as Otani maybe Sonny Gray on uh on DraftKings at 8900 but it with that Cleveland team that doesn't strike out very much I don't love him and and Daniel Lynch I think at at flat 6k is somewhat interesting as well he's obviously got a super low floor but he's shown that he's got a high ceiling he's got a pitch count upwards of 100 he can strike guys out so he's he's somewhat interesting as well give me two guys that aren't gas cans give me like two guys above paul blackburn price that you're just not interested x and out of the dk pool and then we'll move on to some bats charlie morton and eric lauer i'm with you on eric lauer great start to the season pretty darn close to screwball too yeah weird gap there and again i mean we're kind of on the same page our brain's telling us that it just doesn't make sense Again, if you're playing, you know, a pool of 100,000 entries, like nobody's going to be on those pitchers. So if they happen to, you know, chance into a ceiling game, then those are some interesting guys to target. But uh, in three max stuff, single entry, uh, I'm with you there. Um, I'm almost willing to throw Tristan McKenzie into into that boat as well. Um, Might be home run hunting on the other side there for some props. Big fastball guy. You know, Minnesota and Buxton like to hit fastballs, except for tonight. He didn't hit one, but that's okay. Um, that being said, let's move on to uh, talk about some hitting, and we'll go game by game. And We just did a really thorough pitching breakdown, so kudos to you. That was phenomenal. We crushed that. Yeah, exactly. I, maybe they'll extend another morning grind invite to you, despite uh, despite <laughs> you trashing a couple of OGs of the show in the beginning here. Bold move. To be that- fair, it was a complete salt to Grant, to Grant, which I think he'll respect. I said he could eat anything, and I could never beat him at chugging. And for Stevie, Stevie will tell you more than anyone. He can't pronounce any last names, so I don't think I don't think I crossed any lines. Well, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it pays off. <laughs> anyway. Pepper needs new shorts. <laughs> we got the Cubs and, and the Pirates and uh, two teams who young, some talents coming up. we got O'Neill Cruz, you know, Solinsky's like hitting three home runs a game. Uh, Contreras coming up. Pittsburgh's always this team who has pieces every couple of years and they just can't get Can't lock anybody up long-term, you know? I mean, Garrett Cole played there. You know, McCutcheon was there for a while. We'll, we'll, we'll give him that. But um, I kind of like this new regime of Pirates, and I hope they're able to string something together. They're only six hours away from where I live. I've never been there to see a game. I'd like to have a reason to go see, like, some good baseball over there. So, anyway, they're taking on the Cubs. I feel like the series has been going on forever. Um, but it is Keegan Thompson on the hill, and he is dirt cheap on FanDuel as well. You know, he moved into the starting rotation, TJ, what, month and a half ago, something like that. And uh, he, he was a fantastic reliever. I, I just don't know about his longevity as a starter. Uh, had a great game his last outing, 9Ks. But some of his, you know, advanced stuff, the underlying metrics, he's not a big K guy, you know, it doesn't seem like. Um, it is the Pirates, though. Although when we're talking raw points and ceiling, I, I really don't see him as a fan duel play. But anyway, we're here to talk about the bats. Can you target against Keegan Thompson? Are you interested in any pirates? Um, and then talk to me about some of these cubbies you're looking at. 
so I'm always a little interested in the Pirates on FanDuel because they're so darn cheap. And they, I mean, they are in DraftKings too. Like Daniel Vogelbach for 2,700. You kidding me? O'Neill Cruz, 2,700. Michael Chavis, 26. Like these guys are free. Um, and so I got, and even like the most expensive hitter is, Re- is Reynolds at 4,200. So if you want to go uh, double pay up at pitcher, you want to get your Otani, you want to get your Radon. This is a super cheap stack that has some high upside to do it with. So yeah, I definitely think you can uh, get to some Pittsburgh bats and I think they're probably going to be popular. Yeah. And those can even be some one-off pieces if you don't want to stack to make your lineup work. You know, if you're not running a four, four on FanDuel um, or you're not five, three in and don't want to, you know, full stack, you know, the main stack and the side stack, I think these are some some side pieces with upside that makes sense. I mean, O'Neill Cruz is a baller. I, you know, if if things work out, he has a ceiling to be an all-star type caliber player for a very long time. Um, you know, and in the right matchup, you know, these bats can kind of do work. Brian Hayes, you know, leading off Brian Reynolds going to be a popular name at the trade deadline, I'm sure, for a lot of contenders. Um, Hoping the Blue Jays get him. Yeah, yeah. Where where would he fit? Would he take some ABs from Tapia and, and whoever else? That's my there? hope. I think like Tapia to me is a is a is a fill in outfielder. He's not an everyday starter, and I'd love you get a nice switch hitter in there, uh, fill up that outfield. To me, they need one outfielder and they need uh, some pitching help, and that's uh, and they're good to go. Listen, they're they're going to be a tough out. You know uh, that lineup one through nine is. Well, I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you are from it, it's all the great come down to pitching. Like if uh, if Jose Barrios is a borderline ace number two guy, we're great. If uh, if Kevin Gaussman can get back to that same uh, quality that he had earlier in the year, borderline ace, we're we're good. You know, Manoa is going to be able to to do the job. So if those two guys can get back up to back up to snuff, I, I love the Jays' chances. But if not, they're going to get cooked. Can we talk about Jared Eichhoff, the former Philly getting called up to start for Pittsburgh though first of all is this a bullpen game or is this a starter starting game for him that's what we're gonna have to use some context clues he's he's let me see here he's appeared in 13 games started six times in triple a 4.84 era this season sounds like typical Jared Eikhoff you know line um but that's a great question I think maybe we should look at some beat writers and you know in the morning try to figure some things out He's 4K flat. Um, and as much as I like some of these Cubs power bats, you know, Wisdom, Hap, Contreras, and Morel, since he's been called up, it's been fantastic. You know, we talked about a ton of value. You got to add this guy to the list for large field tournaments if you think he's going to throw five innings. I mean, he get through four innings if he's good and, and be okay. So it kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit, but it, we have to make note that he's 4K flat on DraftKings. And I mean, Am I wrong that it's always tough to get look at plate IQ stuff when um, it's the night before, but am I incorrect in saying that Eikhoff has always been a guy that is far better against right-handed bats than left-handed bats? Like he's quite splitsy, is he not? I, I believe he is. I'm going to look it up while you say words. Chicago is like, is Chicago's not a team that you're scared against right-handed pitching. Like Eikhoff isn't good, but he's 4K. And if he's not going to have a pitch count, if he is going to get upwards of 85, 90 pitches, then yeah, 4K he's interesting because what left-handed bat are you worried about on uh, on the Cubs? None of them. You're not worried about Jason Hayward. Um, the guys you're worried about are Contreras, our Wisdom, our Morel that right-handed batters that uh, are, are far more worrisome against left-handed pitching. So if Eikhoff isn't going to have a pitch count, then I do think he's somewhat interesting at 4K. Obviously, FanDuel, I don't even think he's in the pool, so you're not worrying about him there. But there are few pitchers you can't play at 4K because if they get you 10 points, you're great. If they get you eight, who cares? And if they happen to get you 15, 20, you win the tournament. So it, it's it's definitely interesting. I think he's the guy ownership wise to worry about whenever there's a 4k pitcher, like he's going to carry more ownership than you should probably. Right. Um, unless it's just a gimme, but anyway, good call. You were right. I'm looking at his career splits on baseball reference uh, to righties. He's been very good. 224 career average, 376 slugging. That's fine. He's given up 28 career homers to righties to lefties in almost the same exact number of at bats. He's given up 51 homers, 
302 batting average, 559 slugging. So the lefties seem to give Aikoff the fits. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of righties in that Cubs lineup typically. So that is definitely interesting. Um, and if you're home run hunting, maybe check out some lefties uh, against Aikoff. So um, that kind of did my Cubs hitting analysis. Most likely I'm going to maybe, you know, pick out some Ian Happ shares, you know, that's, pretty much it i mean i'll if i'm multi-entering i'm, I'm always gonna have one or two uh, of Contreras because he plays at a premium position behind the plate even though he's a righty um that's it really for me probably in this game what says you or should we move on oh, pardon me yeah i'm with you there i like hap um as a one-off 3500 morel he's, he's so cheap as well and if v, they've been giving vr like he batted cleanup the other day and so if that's the case again, and they give him like a premium lineup position, he's 3,600. You can play him at second or third. I think he's somewhat interesting just because he's a lefty. But for me, it'll depend a lot on the ownership. If all of a sudden Eikhoff's is picking up a ton for some reason, then I'm, then maybe I'd be interested in stacking Cubs. But if he's not and he doesn't have the pitch count, then I'm more interested in him as a pitcher. Cool. Next game on the docket here is Washington and Baltimore. Tyler Wells and Patrick Corbin. And uh, I guess, you know, anytime Patrick Corbin's on a slate in this day and age, you are most likely interested in bats against him to some capacity here. However, it's not the same hitter-friendly confines that Camden was last year. I don't know what the weather is, TJ. I see a little rain Emoji That's what I was going to say. We got the little rain emoji. I hope like hell this game just gets rained out. I don't want to play either of the pitchers, but the pitchers aren't very good. So I, I would kind of want to play the bats, but like Camden has been hard to hit home runs in this year. Like it's been, it's been playing at like the least hitter friendly park in baseball this year. It's crazy. Um, and so like, I guess, hell, maybe we could even play somebody like Wells, but I don't want to, uh, but like, it's tough for me to get to these bats either. Like I like targeting Baltimore against left-handed bats and Pat, or sorry, left-handed pitching. Patrick Corbin is horrible, especially to righties. Uh, Hayes, Mountcastle, Santander, Stat- Mancini, Stack is looking interesting to me. But every single time, like 100% of the time that I've stacked Baltimore at home this year, they've let me down. And it's just really tough for me to look past that. I know daily fantasy. We don't want to be looking at that. Like at the times we got burned, letting us, letting it bias us, but the stats are showing it's a tough hitters park and it's tough for me to want to play any of these teams, even though it's a phenomenal matchup, especially for Baltimore. Yeah. And as much as we're trashing Patrick Corbin and (laughs) rightfully so, um, He's still doing a decent job of keeping the ball on the ground. He's getting hit hard. 50% hard hit rate, both sides. Uh, just seems to be like ball and play games. And that's not always going to win you a tournament, especially on FanDuel. You know, uh, that's great. Vegas total of six and a half or something, you know, once in a while or six or five and a half. You know, it's <laughs> it's so frustrating, of course, because, wow, this team put up eight runs, but there was no home runs in the game. And that's not a winning stack. What did I, uh, do you remember what I texted you before uh, the show was started? The one bet that I liked for uh, Tuesday night slate? Man, you're putting me on the spot and I'm trying to remember what I said 45 seconds ago. Zwarich, give me a Washington break. and Baltimore <laughs> under. <laughs> oh, okay. You're right. You did. I do have the timestamp. You did say that. You're right. You're right. By Three nothing final. Good call. We could really use you uh, putting in some bets there and scores and odds. I know, I know, you know, you're in Canada. I don't know what's available. I can't do it. I can't put in the bets myself, but I mean, I'm always in to put out more content. <laughs> you're sharp, man. You're sharp for <laughs> sure. I don't know. This is a total sidebar and I'll have to look it up while we're going here, but I saw Sal Perez only had one at bat and got yanked. So I hope things are good there. I had a freaking home run prop on him. So of course I'm keeping tabs against Detmers there, but um, that kind of stinks one of the best hitting catchers of our you know, generation here. So hopefully all is well with Sal Perez, but a monster season last year. Um, all right, let's move on from this one. I, I guess, you know, I guess we have to go through Washington if this game plays. I mean, so well, I don't want to play anybody else. 
I know. I was just like, tough, tough to really like project or handicap this thing. You know, I'll have Soto if this game looks okay, and maybe a couple of Nelson Cruz shares because he's showing signs of life the last five to six weeks or so. But um, I'm not stacking Washington here either. Like Soto is stupidly underpriced. He hasn't had the best season hitting wise, but he's 5,200 on DraftKings. Like, what, 53, sorry. Juan Soto shouldn't be 5,300. Like, he shouldn't be next to Tommy Edmond, Luis Arias, and Willie Adamas. He should be up top with Aaron Judge and Byron Buxton. So it's just simply too cheap. I don't like the Washington stack, but Soto's a great one off. Yeah. And we're just getting discounted ownership until he heats up and like, in three weeks, he's going to heat up and go on some toward stretch, and he'll be 25% every slate again. So uh, I'm just going to keep playing Soto as one-offs or mini stacks when it's warranted. Um, but we'll have to get a weather update from Kevin Roth. By the way, check out Weather Edge, awesome tool. If you don't know what that is, check it out uh, on Roto Grinders. Awesome stuff from Kevin Roth um, with a ton of historical data and sample sizes on the weather and how it will affect or should affect the game that's going to be played, whether it's good hitting weather or pitching weather or boost to home runs, et cetera. Uh, just amazing stuff there. From our weather guy, Kevin Roth. I'll let TJ do all the, you know, trashing of the OGs. Uh, I won't say any anything bad about Kevin Roth. Although one time he told me one of his hobbies, here I am, uh, he, liked, he likes pickling things. Like, you know, he's creative in the kitchen. Pickling food, I guess, is a thing. Uh, I, you know, We, we woke up and chose violence today, so I'll go at Roth, too. Uh, the only, not the only, the biggest reason I wanted to join RG is I saw those, like, videos of the RG basketball games back in the day. I've just been salivating, waiting to take Roth in the game of one-on-one basketball. Oh, man. And We're coming at next. I mean, mostly him. you. I'm, I'm just take not, I'm him. like, you're I'm facilitating. You're you. just, yeah, you're stirring the pot. You're just stirring it, and I'm just, and I'm taking the bait. I'm like the guy at the bar who's like, ah, come on, TJ, one more shot. What's, what's the least I could have? <laughs> hey, you on. couldn't take him, could you? Nah, you couldn't take him. <laughs> I got Roth, Roth stuff is incredible. And man, he, he takes the heat when he has, God forbid he has one wrong call because mother nature is so predictable. Right. And I'm like, dude, you should do a mean tweets on one of your shows, Roth, when like I tweeted at him. Um, the thing relentless. with Roth is like, so Roth always likes to start the crunch time shows by saying on whoever he's with is I'm joined by the sharpest minds in the biz but he truly is like the one guy in our business that we could undisputably say that he is the very best at what he does. His shooting percentage is off the charts when it off the charts when it comes to these games. And he's, he's uh, truly one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, but no chance. Could you take me in a game of one-on-one basketball? <laughs> I like how you snuck that one in there, but yeah, <laughs> he, he would definitely be in like the 50, 40, 90 club of uh, weather. Know. Yeah. <laughs> weather experts i don't know what i'm trying to <laughs> but uh for sure and uh definitely check out his stuff uh he puts in some weather parlays for us on scores and odds as well uh from time to time uh let's let's keep going here of course you know the two of us have the gift of gab here and we could probably talk to the wall but the <laughs> yankees uh are at tampa bay game in i feel like they've been playing forever too um but we have a cheap jordan montgomery on dk um, not so much the case on FanDuel. So two different pitching stories as we covered here. And, of course, Baz is on the flip side um, for Tampa Bay. Uh, wh- what are you looking at here? Are you looking to stack anything, you know, two pretty talented pitchers, or is this kind of more of a one-off game for you? Yeah, see, that we are spending lots of time gabbing, but I think there's going to be lots of this that we can run through really quick as well. And so if you look at the – Tampa Bay roster it's just littered with guys on the IL right now and I think it's somewhat interesting to rip a mini stack of Paredes and and Ramirez they're going to be batting near the top of the lineup they both hit lefties really well you can throw a Rosa a Rosarina in there as well but I Montgomery's a good pitcher and it's in Tampa Bay it's uh which uh unless you're hitting the ball right to the corner it's a pretty good pitcher's park um so these offenses to me both Obviously, we know who the interesting one-offs are on New York. It's Rizzo, it's Judge, it's Stanton. But these teams to me are both, if you get to them in tournaments, I'm not going to tell you you're stupid because they both can put up runs, but neither of them are going to be targets for me. The talent, the the, the Shane Baz's talent, I think, 
and probably a little bit lower of a Vegas implied total than we're going to be accustomed to seeing the Yankees having. Might keep Judge's ownership in check. Might keep Stanton's ownership in check a little bit here. So those are guys I'm definitely willing to have shares of if I'm multi-entering. But I don't think I'm stacking either of these teams. I just projecting a pretty efficiently pitched game here, I think, on both sides for the most part. So I don't want a ton of bats here. I think this is that's a good catch-up spot for once, and we're talking about the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. It's uh... – if they're not getting played at all, the Yankees are always interesting. But other than that, not a ton of interest for me. Detroit at Boston. Are you buying into Scooble? Are you buying into Waka? I, I know you kind of like Waka on Wednesday. So talk to me about some sticks here. Anything sticking out to you? Waka's price is nice and cheap on DK, so I'm interested in playing him. I don't have a lot of interest here in getting to any of these Detroit bats, even though Waka's not very good. Aside from one player in particular, Javi Baez. Javi Baez has been way too cheap, especially on FanDuel all year. People have keep playing him. It hasn't worked. All of a sudden, in the month of June, as the weather's heating up, Javi is finally playing some good baseball. He's always been the type of guy similar to a poor man's Byron Buxton, where he will go two months without hitting anything, and he'll strike out 50%. And then he'll have 12 home runs in a month and a half. And so... He's he's hot right now. Uh, Javi Baez is still 2,800 on shortstop and second base eligible on FanDuel. Um, he's somebody that I'm interested in, less so where he's only shortstop and uh, up to 4K on DraftKings, but it's not like 4K is that expensive. Boston is a team that I have a lot of interest in. Scooball's been struggling lately. He's a young, talented pitcher. Um, even if he is fully putting it together he's still somebody that's been pretty aggressively splitsy and you have Raphael Devers who can hit anybody out of the park and then you got your Martinez story Bogarts I have a lot of interest in uh, a Boston stack today that's they're going to be one of my top tournament super low owned teams for as much talent as Boston has you're right I don't think they're going to garner much ownership at all uh, just due to the overall success Scooble's been having this season but I think it is a perfect chance to kind of uh, pick up on the recent struggles and the trend here and get some discount ownership uh, with these Red Sox hitters. So I, I think that's super interesting. Uh, I don't mind one-offing a couple of these Tigers. I won't have a ton of them. Uh, looking at the lefties here, I think Riley Green's kind of interesting. Outside of Baez, who is the lone righty, I, I kind of like here. Robbie Grossman's been having a decent season, you know, showing some pop here. I, I don't mind that either. Even somebody like Willie Castro, they've been batting him like way up in the lineup. Sometimes if he gets like, if he's batting second, then somewhat interesting. Yeah. Um, Waka has been yielding a little more hard contact to lefties. You know, not keeping on, not keeping the ball on the ground quite as much here. It doesn't really strike out a ton of guys. So uh, Riley Green's kind of interesting. We're gradually seeing, a lot of this young talent getting called up to the show, and it's really cool. No one's really talking about Riley Green. I mean, Torkelson's not having a good season, but he was. Uh, he still is a very highly talented prospect. Um, so kind of the new era of, of hopeful Tigers in the lineup there. I mean, between them and O'Neill Cruz, and we see Adley Rutschman about a month ago who was struggling as well, but he's finally coming around. Um you know, the list kind of goes on. Michael Harris from Atlanta just tearing the cover off the baseball, too. It was a really good core of rookies coming up. And we didn't even talk about the pitchers in Mackenzie Gore and Spencer Strider. So uh, cool to see, like... Strider had a tough go last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Strider Strider was rough on, on Tuesday night as well. He's going to need a, a third pitch eventually, I think. <laughs> but ah, I jinxed the Blue Jays, the... Uh, the White Sox just hit a home run, and Luis Robert just hit a home run in the ninth. Wow. Two outs. wins? Tied up. Tied it up, two outs, bottom of the ninth. I believe two strikes, too. Jeepers. Nah, just one strike. So do, do you go to Blue Jays games? I, I don't – I know you moved recently, but I don't know geographically where. But do you – So I know believe it or fan. not, the only baseball game I've been to is a Yankee game. Wow, and you were you were ripping the Yankees before the show, man. You were coming at me before the show even started. I said, hey, TJ, cool Rugrats hoodie. And you were like, I hate your shirt. You know, we're in the Yankees show. Man, you it's... need a late night cup of coffee or something. Yeah, you're, you're right. Nice, you know, I brought TJ. I got a little cider with me that I'm drinking, and it's it's <laughs> spicing me up a little bit. You know, 
I'm making I, I was making fun of Grant earlier and, and saying that he can chug beer fast as I'm here drinking my nice pear <laughs> cider and it's getting me spicy. It's getting me spicy. <laughs> I know I know you recorded more than one show. I know you did uh, your previous podcast, so I know it's a, a grind of a night uh, for you. So I'm sure Are you, you you're a reality TV show guy at all. This was actually a first episode of a brand new podcast for me. I'm just going to say no, since you already hate me. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even an overly big reality TV show guy either, but we're launching a new podcast uh, um, from uh, our podcast network this summer. And it's going to be, uh, we got a, a co-host from uh, a show on Netflix called the circle. And uh, we're talking, talking some reality TV and pop culture on that. It's pretty fun. Good. people. Nice. That's cool. Send me the link. Uh, I'll definitely we'll do. We'll do. take a look for sure. Um, let's move on here. Speaking of back to reality, this Atlanta San Fran game here, seven twenty Eastern. There's been some good hitting weather in Atlanta. You got Rodone on the bump uh, against this high strikeout Atlanta team, and Charlie Morton, who uh, seems to be back on the right track for the most part here. Uh, you know, a couple of offenses that. Outside of maybe some Atlanta leverage stacks, I, I don't think they're going to carry a lot of ownership. Um, tough one here, man. I guess, are you buying in Charlie, Charlie Morton being back? Like, just because you're not targeting him for DFS, I totally understand at that price, ton of great options. You know, it doesn't mean he's a terrible in real life pitcher on Wednesday. So, tough game to dissect here. So both of these teams interest me in large field contests, like not if I'm playing three lineups, but if I'm playing 150, they're both teams that I'm going to want to get over the field on. Ronald Acuna is actually one of my most interesting one-offs of the day. He's $3,800 on FanDuel. It's just way too cheap. 57 on DK is still even too cheap. And so he's somebody that I'm interested in in tournaments. He's going to be super low owned. And both of these teams, like we've seen Radon light light guys up, but also get lit up. We've seen the same from Charlie Morton. And so if I'm running 150, even if I'm running 20 lineups, I want to get over the field on both of these stacks. Um, If I'm running one, two, three, they're going to be tough for me to get to. Yeah. So over Morton's last three starts, he's posted three of his highest four swinging strike rates of the season. Granted, one was against Chicago Cubs, one was against Pittsburgh, uh, but the other was in cores. So, you know, uh, again, I don't think I'm going to use Morton in DFS per se. But for me, the most interest I have on the like on the San Fran side for batters, same thing. I'm not going to use him in DFS, but even more than a stack, I'd rather just one off Jock Peterson. Yeah, I, I could get behind that. That was the first start for Morton against Chicago where he threw a seven inning shutout in since like the middle of may where he didn't give up at least three earned runs in a game so it it definitely has been a rough stretch for sure but i think i'm with you on the peterson call here uh let's see morton's definitely been so much worse against left-handed batters this season um same old story with san fran though they're so frustrating to roster collectively because no one plays the platoon game, the pinch hit game more than the Giants do, right? So um, I'd love to load up on some large field stuff here, but I know we might be looking at, you know, three and a half at bat side of some of them. By the way, if you don't subscribe to the bat uh, from our guy, Derek Hardy, he has pinch hit risk percentages and, and the whole nine yards. So these things do exist and we we will project them for you uh, via the bat and Derek Hardy. So um I don't mind a couple large field stacks, like some exposure. Like if I have a hundred lineups saying, you know what? I'm not quite sure Charlie Morton's all the way back, but I do agree with you that I'll definitely sprinkle some, some power lefties. Um, Don't know how much I want to stack, but yeah, Peterson, Brandon belt, you know, another name. And of course, speaking of butchering names, what's the famous Yastrzemski line? Is it Yasmer doodle or whatever they say on grinders? Have you heard that one yet? (laughs) No, I haven't. Yeah, I think I think they call him Yasmer Doodle or something. I think I think I think it's a cheese is good joke. I think it's a Dave Potts joke. Um, so you know, let's look at the lefties here, but uh, definitely not stacking. But you know, Atlanta, uh, kind of similar, similar um, thoughts here. 
kind of as Boston, super talented team, maybe one of the top three, you know, best offenses on paper in terms of power, and, and no one's gonna play them. So, like, maybe Rodon is gonna have velocity issues again. I just don't understand that. It's so strange. Um, he has the highest upside, but I also yeah. just don't know about Rodon. It's so weird. I'd rank them behind Boston for tournament stacks to me. Like this is a even more sneaky one. And I, I want to get more overweight to Boston, but tournaments, I think I, I have interest in, in them because they got uh, a high upside. Right. Like I, I have more faith in Rodon being the real deal than Scooble on Wednesday. Right. Like I'd, I'd rather target against Scooble and you're still going to get pretty damn low ownership on just about all these Red Sox probably outside of Devers because he's, he is who he is and he's, he's amazing. So he's going to carry ownership. If Nolan Ryan was pitching, most likely he would carry something. So uh, I think he I'm rarely does against lefties though, but uh, we'll see. We, we will see. We got another team coming up in, uh, in this next game here that I know you had, uh, had some interest in targeting at the beginning of the show. We'll see. Um, you're leading me right into it. Tell me what you're looking at here. So in this Cleveland-Minnesota game, I, I have a lot of interest in Tristan McKenzie on FanDuel, but we talked earlier about how he's a big, fastball hitter, and uh, somebody like Byron Buxton is very interesting, whether as a one-off or in a stack here. Cleveland is going to be a tough team for me to stack. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of interest. You can always play Jose Ramirez. You can always get some... Uh, you can always get some... What's his face? Josh Naylor when he's facing a, a right-handed batter, but... This will be a more those two or nothing for me. Minnesota, I actually think I do like a mini stack more than a full stack, but Buxton, Kepler, Sanchez, Correa, you can play all these guys. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at similar uh, similar things as you are. Uh, listen, McKenzie is a fly ball pitcher. He's given up like 50% of fly balls, given up roughly 40% of hard contact. Um, Higher ISO to righties than lefties, so he's a bit reversey. His xFIP's over five. Like he's not fantastic, um, but he's not also bad. <laughs> he's he's just kind of an average matchup, a guy who gives up hard contact and fly balls. Uh, I don't know about the full stack. I'm with you. Like he's good enough to kind of get by most of this lineup. Although I like I think I'm already writing up Byron Buxton in my head on scores and odds for a home run tomorrow. Um, crushes fastballs. We have a decent batted ball data clip here uh, of Buxton against righty fastballs. And he has a 468 ISO 50% hard hit. So, um, so, uh, so that that's going to be one of the big spend up bats I'm targeting. Um, Alex Kirillov is interesting too. I know he is a lefty, but he was uh, sent back down after he had uh, wrist surgery, tried to stick it with the big club about what a month and a half ago. Really wasn't playing well. They sent him back down to the minors. Just got called up a couple days ago again. He was tearing the cover off the ball in the minors here. So um, and now he's back up with the big club, with the Twins, against a fly ball pitcher. I think Kirillov's, uh interesting here. But, yeah, for me, uh, I think Buxton is one of my favorite spend-up bats uh, in general here. And I think I agree. I'm echoing your shouts here of maybe the mini stack and some one-off bats. Um, but I mean, look at McKenzie, he's throwing, you know, 60 to 66% of fastballs. Like it's almost like the Spencer Strider thing. Like the hitters are knowing what's coming when you have a, a very talented hitter that can just sit on a pitch and, and wait till he gets it. I think Buxton's going yard TJ. I definitely think there's a good chance. He's a phenomenal batter. And when his pitches lines up, if he hits it, it's going hard. And what I love about Buxton is even if he doesn't hit it out of the park, if you get some base, there's a good chance he's swiping the bag. So Sonny Gray on the on the other side, we didn't do a lot of talking about him, um, but he hasn't given up more than two earned runs in any game this season. That being said, outside of Jose Ramirez, I'm thinking for you know having shares of and considering your builds. You looking at anybody here? Outside of Ramirez, this is a double side cross off for me. Double side cross off, way to catch up. We can go to the NL Central clash here. Uh, St. Louis at Milwaukee, Eric Lauer, great start to the season. Fa you know, is it fictitious? Is he a mirage or is it real? Can he sustain the crazy strikeout stuff he had earlier in the season? Um, and the answer is no, but he's still having a respectable 2022. He's just not a dominant ace, but that's okay. They don't need him to be that. Uh, he's going to get the Cardinals at home. 
Paul Goldschmidt didn't play on Tuesday, so it's just worth noting they cited some sore back issues. Hopefully that's not something that, you know, uh, is going to keep him out a couple of days because he's having a great season. But definitely, you know, worth noting there. Nolan Gorman's coming off two bombs. Uh, big night for him. Uh, on the flip side of this game, of Adam Wainwright on the bump. You know, a guy who tries to keep the ball on the ground. We know what he does here. Uh, neither side here is screaming stack to me. If I'm playing single entry, I'm not exactly sure if I'd go out of my way to roster any hitter in this game. Um, you know, but if you give me 100 lineups or 150, you know, or like 400 if you're cheating. Haha, Twitter joke, things that are happening that I'm seeing. Um, then maybe I'd, you know, grab some Arenado shares or some Tommy Edmond shares or something like that. Tommy Edmond leading the National League and run scored. So didn't see that coming. How about some Albert Pujols if you get Goldschmidt out of the lineup against the lefty? This Cardinals team actually lines up uh, for me kind of right in between Boston and Atlanta as a high upside tournament team. I always like targeting them against left-handed guys. If you get Goldschmidt in, obviously Arenado. If Goldschmidt's out, you got Pujols there nice and cheap. He's still hitting lefties well. You got Yepes, Carlson. Um, I have I have a little bit of interest in this team. Uh, Milwaukee? Not so much. If I'm running 150, I'd maybe get a small portion, but I think this is another team we can catch up some time on. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. I just really haven't figured out Lauer yet. Um, dating back to the beginning of last season, he's given up 42% fly balls to righties, 43% hard hit, um, but he doesn't really get shelled that much. Uh, but when you're talking about extremely talented teams going against decent pitchers. And we talked about Atlanta. We talked about Boston. You could probably categorize the Cardinals into that category of a team who's probably under owned for large field tournaments. So I, I definitely understand the large field tournament look there uh, for the Cardinals. So a couple games left here, uh, late one for the East coasters, Seattle at Oakland. And we have Paul Blackburn and George Kirby squaring off against each other here. Uh, you said a lot of positive things about Paul Blackburn and you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. A lot of articles about Paul Blackburn's success and what he's changed. And he did a bunch of different things with his curveball, and, you know, he's not striking out 10 guys a game, but it's wiggling enough and spinning enough that, you know, his advanced stuff his Sierra, his XVIP, XERA, all that stuff is, is kind of checking out that th th this is sustainable. You know, he's never going to be a high K guy, but. Blackburn is able to kind of just cruise and, you know, I don't see myself having a ton of interest in, in many Mariners bats, if any, really. No, same boat. If he's running, if I'm running 150, I have always a little bit of interest in the Mariners because they have it in them to put up some huge games, guys like Rodriguez, Suarez, but no, not a lot of interest. Oakland's a good pitcher park don't have any interest in the other side of this game either. Let's, let's keep it rolling. We, that's one of the nice things about having nice conversations when you know, there's games like this, that you're going to be able to whip past. <laughs> wow. We got an Otani Homer while, um while we were jibber jabbering here. So I, I had a little bit of late traction with my home run calls. I had Otani. I had Walsh. Um, I even had Taylor Trammell in, in a round robin. How disgusting is that? Um, so he might have helped me make a little money there. What is wrong with me? Uh, anyway, so the Angels are hitting the ball, and that game is at 11 runs and counting. Oh, I'm so sorry about your gross pitching call that was doing really well through three innings. Let the world so, know who you had. I was overweight on the Los Angeles Angels today. And so because of that, I had a couple Jonathan Heasley teams. And that just happened to coincide with my Braves and Cardinals stack. So it was doing pretty well before uh, the, the Angels lit them up there. But now because of that, uh, I have I have quite a bit of Angels teams doing well. So my... Uh, Roni Contreras team is back up to my uh, top lineup. I got one Angels Braves and one uh, Angels and uh, and Cardinals team. So those those it's one of those nights to me. I got eight hundred dollar entry of entry fees. I got eight hundred dollars of winnings. So take it and move on to the next one. <laughs> hey, you know what? Like 
you leave the casino with as much money as you came there with, and that's a win. And then you go back more tomorrow. bullets for tomorrow. Could be a terrible analogy because I, you know I'm I don't really play table games. Maybe I'm like in the minority, but whenever I go to like Atlantic City and my friends want to play blackjack and stuff, that's fine. I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll see you at the sports book. Like I'm I'm going to the books. I'm placing a bunch of bets in. Then I'm gonna grab some drinks. I'm gonna watch the games and maybe I'll like sneak off and throw a couple dollars down a roulette or something. But um, if you're losing when you have real tickets, at least you have like a three hour buffer until your bet loses where it's like, how fast can you go through money on the blackjack table or the roulette table or whatever you're playing? The way I want to look at it is like, I would probably have fun doing either one. I could do, I could go play some blackjack where I'm almost certainly going to lose money. I could go play some slots where I'm almost certainly going to lose money. Or I could do some sports-related stuff where we're probably in the top, at worst, 5% of the world, 2% of the world at what we do. So we're probably better off financially sticking in that corner of the woods. <laughs> I used to play a lot of Texas Hold'em whenever I'd, I'd go to the casino, but I just don't have the patience or attention span to just stick That's it out anymore. I love a Texas Hold'em game with friends. I don't have the patience to do it at a casino. Well... Are you holding them or are you folding them in this last game here? The fact that Otani's pitching for Los Angeles in the nightcap on Wednesday, and we don't really have Sal Perez news. I don't know what happened there. I'm going to look it up on Twitter. Uh, but that's a big bat that, uh, you know, if I'm targeting anybody against Otani, I want the a powerful one-off. And that kind of, you know, that kind of nullifies the biggest bat that Kansas City has. So, let me get a Sal Perez update here. This could be a, a quick end to the Angels. Dis- I mean, the Royals discussion. I'm assuming you're not very interested in Royals bats unless Otani is at a crazy ownership number. Yeah, not at all, especially on DraftKings where they're priced up pretty high. On FanDuel where you can get, if Perez is in the lineup, you can get Witt at 32, the other Witt at uh, 31, and then Salvador Perez at, at 3K. So... I maybe have a little interest just because these guys are always ridiculously cheap. If I'm trying to get an expensive stack in with a Radon lineup, uh, differentiate a cheap stack outside of the pirates, but not really my offensive interest comes on the other side of this game. Yeah. And it does look like Perez left the game with a thumb injury. That's what Twitter's telling me. So it has to be real. Um, but it, you know, I guess uh, it looks credible. Uh, hopefully all's well there. Not a great injury for a catcher, obviously, um, regardless of what hand it's on. So I'm with you. I don't really have interest in the Royals, but let's talk Daniel Lynch and what you're going to do with him in this game. I got a small amount of interest in Lynch in tournaments on, on uh, DraftKings if I'm running lots of lineups, but most of my interest comes on the offensive side of the ball. Mike Trout's been tearing the cover off of the baseball lately. Uh, Shohei Otani, uh, you can't play him actually. So it's less of a full stack for me and more of a mini stack. It's Taylor Ward and it's Mike Trout. Taylor Ward's 4,300. He's starting to hit the ball better again. He's 2,900 on FanDuel. I think that's borderline cash gameplay on FanDuel. I think that's one of your very best salary saving outfielders on the entire slate. Um, It's Mike Trout up top. It's Taylor Ward down low. I don't really want to play Walsh against the lefty. Um, That's it for me. Yeah, I'm Trout with you. and Ward. It's weird that like I don't like the Angel stack at all, but Trout Ward is probably my favorite mini stack on the slate. Yeah, no, that that, that makes a lot of sense here, and and maybe you can talk me into Max Stassi if he starts. But uh, dating back to the beginning of 2021, Daniel Lynch, not good against Radies. Ton of plate appearances in our plate IQ database. Uh, 366 Woba, 193 ISO. Striking out only 20% of batters, 49% hard hit, 41% fly ball. Yeah, that sounds like these uh, power righties could do a little bit of damage against Daniel Lynch. I'm with you. But on the flip side on DK for Lynch, you know, uh, just difference between sites uh, and possible range of outcomes. You know, you take Otani out of that lineup. And if you get past these big bats by some grace of God, uh, like I'll throw anybody against the Angels. They strike out so much typically that. Daniel Lynch, what is he, 6K flat? I mean, I don't mind. Except a- you're also not taking Otani out of the lineup. He's there. We just can't play him. <laughs> That's true. I'm living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in the past. 
when we didn't have universal DH. I guess I'm a traditionalist to an extent. You're right. We can't play Otani. Still sucks for Lynch that he's in the lineup. Um, he has a pretty big strikeout bat, though. That, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's like. It adds it, to his upside, and it also significantly adds to his downside. Right. Um, and he's a lefty, so. Uh, I know lefty lefty, it, you know, doesn't matter as much for Otani. He's still pretty damn good against lefties, but uh, Lynch has actually been, despite not striking anybody out, he has decent metrics against lefties in a small sample clip. So either way, I'm with you. These, uh, you know, home run upside righties for the angels. That That's pretty much it here. Um, after we talk through this whole thing and thanks for tuning in with us, folks. Um, I don't know. Got any an off the wall stack? We talked about a couple of potential under own teams against quality pitchers. Um, anything super contrarian you're looking at? My top contrarian stack for tournaments is going to be the Red Sox. We've talked a few different ones that we like, but the Red Sox are going to be my favorites. In terms of pitchers on DraftKings, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't know which ones are going to be low owned yet. Between the Blackburns, the Wakas, the Kirby's. Those are my three favorite uh, low-priced ones. I like pairing them the best with Otani and Radon on DraftKings, and we're going to have to wait and see ownership. But those are going to be my three favorite cheapies there. On FanDuel for pitching, it's a three-man show for me for the most part. It's Radon up top, it's Tristan McKenzie in the middle, and it's Shane Baz down at the bottom. Yeah, I'm with you on FanDuel, like Radon. I don't want that price um, for Otani. Uh, you know, George George Kirby's also priced up quite a bit on FanDuel compared to DraftKings. If I, you know, gun to head, I, I'm guessing Kirby carries the most ownership in the value range, but I don't think it's going to be like egregious. And I do think there's a realistic chance that one of these other five guys in that 7K or less range outscore him or like points per dollar is optimal. I mean, uh, Eikhoff might be the wild card, honestly, at 4K flat, although there's so much good value in that like 7K range that if you're playing in a three max smaller field kind of pool, I don't think you have to go there. But, you know, TJ, we both play in some of the same tournaments sometimes, you know, low dollar, a lot of entries like you got to think about the 4K pitcher. I will do weirder stuff than most. So I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Like I, we joked about my Jonathan Heasley team and how that got blown up. But ever since the angels uh, put up some runs there on this Tuesday night that we record, do you know who the pitcher is on my top scoring team? Let me have it. Jordan Lyles. Sounds about right. (laughs) Now, again, like these are, I, I love doing this where I don't, this is like, I don't target these guys a ton, but like if I, playing 10, 15 lineups. I just throw them on one. I had the, I had my, a lot of Roni Contreras. I was overweight. And I, on one team, I had $200 extra and I, it was very similar to another team. So I thought, why, you know what, why don't we just try this same team, different pitcher threw Lyles in there and he happened to score a couple more points. So there, there are crazy, there are crazy things that happen. And I'm definitely on board with the mindset that it's way smarter to differentiate it hitting than pitching. Of course it is. Hitting is way less predictive than pitching. Having said that, I think pitching is a lot less predictive than how often ownership ownership concentrates there. So I, I, I think there's some fun ways to get off the wall. And uh, there, there's very seldom that uh, you have to keep as tight of a pitching pool as one would think. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been focusing on betting and putting out a lot of content lately on SAO. Um, but was it like two weeks ago, I played the $4.20 max on DK, um, which was one of the last times I'm like multi-entered on DK. And my two best pitcher, my best team, I top 20, the $4. And my best pitchers were a 3% owned Dakota Hudson and a 2% uh, Marquez against the Giants. So uh, totally with you, man. You know, it. you're right. Uh, that's, that's really well said um, about how pitching is definitely more predictable, but um, you know, every, the flock of seagulls doesn't know, you know, they don't always get the biggest fish. That is, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it did. It did. Like that? I don't know if that's a saying, but it works. It should okay. be, <laughs> you know, you know where I'm getting at though. Yeah. But, uh, well said. That's why we have you on the show. So you can articulate, my thoughts better than me. <laughs> yeah, it's a tag team. It's a group battle. 
Yeah, we're choosing violence today. Who else can we go at before before we? Nobody. I got to end the show before I'm going to save you (laughs) your job. So uh, (laughs) we'll get out of here. First of all, uh, your column is twice a week on Roto Grinders. So tell the listeners where they can find some of your cool tournament takes on Roto Grinders. Every Tuesday, every Friday, Agents of Fantasy. It's a free column on Roto Grinders. Um, Also, also do some premium content on the Expert Survey every Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be on Grinders Live today, Wednesday, uh, hopping on there with Dean. So lots of content. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled to Roto Grinders because lots of it's free. Awesome stuff. Well, we got to get out of here tonight and prep for Wednesday. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate it. So for TJ Zwarich, whose name I pronounce right every time, I'm the Luch, Justin Carlucci. Adios, good luck, and thanks for listening.